This is the Marriage, Kids, and Money podcast with Andy Hill, session number 59. This show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. Thanks for listening today, everybody. If you follow me on social media or read my blog or subscribe to the MKM community emails that I send out, you have more than likely heard that our family is now officially mortgage-free. Yes, so so excited. (laughs) As of last month, we paid off our $400,000 home in just under four years. We are pumped. (laughs) It took a lot of diligence, patience, and teamwork between my lovely bride and I, but we're proud to check this important family milestone off of our list at 35 years old. We spent some time celebrating this fun moment in our lives this weekend. Instead of, uh, instead of doing the typical mortgage burning party, my wife, Nicole, had a really great idea. We put together a paper mache pinata out of the mortgage documents and then let our kids and some kids of friends we had over take turns whacking it <laughs> until it burst with candy and toys and quarters It was a blast, man. It was a blast. It was actually a really cool metaphor for if you destroy your mortgage, you get rewarded, right? (laughs) So after our kids went down from their sugar high and we put them to bed, uh, Nicole and I had a chance to review our budget for December. This is actually the first time we've done our budget together in the last seven years where we didn't have a mortgage payment at all. It was nuts. This month we have, or we have now an additional $2,300 to play with. So it's, it's kind of mind blowing. We, we got to be careful though, that we don't just automatically just go and upgrade our lives immediately. Although we really want to celebrate and have fun and, and do things like that. And yes, we will. We'll go on vacations more and Nicole will finally get to decorate her house after waiting four long years. Thank you, sweetheart. <laughs> but we also need to start saving for real estate and investing so we can continue this path of building wealth and permanently changing our family tree. And we'll be able to do this in large part to these monthly budget parties we've been doing. So Nicole, thank you for keeping this party going seven years later. I love you. (laughs) Coincidentally enough, I received a question on Twitter about the very subject of budgeting with your spouse. The Q&Andy segment lives once again, my friends. I'm actually starting to receive quite a few questions now, so thanks everybody for sending it my way through Twitter or Facebook or email at andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com. But this one comes from Mark through Twitter. Hey Andy, I found your article on finances due to fatherhood really moving and pertinent. I'm new to learning about financial independence and listen to a lot of podcasts related to it. Yours is going on my list. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate it. As a 28-year-old married man who will have another mouth to feed by the time by this time next year, is there anything you can share with me beyond the articles that I'm reading? Any budgeting goals or ideas? I love the idea of the budgeting parties, but my wife doesn't care much about finances. She has the, we, quote unquote here, uh, we have enough to pay our bills and live decently, so why make a budget mentality? 
totally understandable, man. <laughs> um, or that uh, budgets are set in stone and don't allow for flexibility. Any insight or advice is appreciated. Thank you very much. Great question, Mark. Question, Mark. That's kind of sounds funny. <laughs> Great question, Mark. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that you're enjoying the site and you're jumping into the podcast. Very cool. Love to hear about new listeners. This is an extremely common question, my friend, and I get it a lot. One spouse gets all jacked up about saving and investing and building wealth, and the other is sort of meh. I don't know if you guys have seen the Emoji movie. I just watched that with my kids. The The main character is, is meh. <laughs> So uh, anyway, uh, I, I know very little about the dynamic of your specific relationship with your wife, Mark, but I do know how things worked out between my wife and I in the beginning when we started budgeting. So I'm going to throw out three suggestions from my personal experience that uh, worked for Nicole and I. So hopefully that will help you. Number one, speak with your wife first about the benefits of financial independence instead of the process. It sounds like both you and your wife are currently working, which is great. Eventually, she may want to stay at home with your new baby or babies in the future, for that matter. And getting on a budget, pursuing an FI lifestyle, financial independence, will help you achieve big goals like that. Let's say she loves her job and doesn't want to eventually be a stay-at-home mom. It's not for everybody. Ask Nicole on specific days. She likes it some days and hates it others. <laughs> but um, if she doesn't want to do that, ask, ask yourself, what else does she love? Does she like traveling? Does she have a hobby that makes her smile? Is she passionate about a specific cause? And think about that. So when you're financially independent, she can pursue all of those things and more. And hopefully that would be you know, good conversation fodder for you. And if you're not sure about what she's thrilled about, this is a great opportunity to have a really cool conversation with your wife and ask her. I would really be willing to bet that she'd love to tell you. So my, my point is overall is that us super excited spouses like me need to speak about the benefits and dream together with your spouse as opposed to saying, hey, baby, Let's live on a budget because that's just not sexy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I started off on the wrong foot personally with my wife when it came to improving our finances back in the day. I read this cool book called Total Money Makeover by Dave Ramsey, and I was immediately hooked. I became a Dave Ramsey junkie. And I came up to Nicole and said, honey, I read this awesome book, and we need to sell your car right away, and we need to live on a budget. Do you think that she was convinced? <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> because living on a budget does not sound very exciting. It wasn't until later that I learned to speak her language. She had always dreamed about having a nice home and eventually being able to raise our kids at home. Seven years later, we've been able to do both of those things. So I guess my, my point here is speak in terms of the benefits, not the process. So that's number one. Number two, lead by example. If she's not convinced by speaking about the uh, about achieving your financial dreams together, then I would just try to lead by example, Mark. You can start tracking your spending, your investing, and making a plan for the future. Your wife will see your interest and 
the benefits that your diligence is providing the family. And eventually I think she'll jump on board. It's like exercising and eating, right? You know, you, you, you have your spouse and if they're eating not so well and not exercising, it's not going to be very motivating for you to do the right thing. But if you start doing it, it's a lot easier to follow. I did the same thing. And eventually Nicole started to show a genuine interest. Um, she's, but now she's the one that's keeping me on task. So you'll see how it flips eventually, my friend. (laughs) So that's number two. Number three, pick a budgeting method that makes the process easy. So we're living in a really amazing time with technology, Mark. This is a very cool time. FinTech can really help us out with this, with this problem. Um, especially for those of us who are interested in starting a budget, uh, for the first time, like you guys. So there are a lot of options out there for you to choose that make the process super simple. Uh, when I started with Dave Ramsey back in 2011, uh, through Financial Peace University, he was all about the written budget, literally pencil and paper. We had a notebook and sort of hashing it out right there with your spouse. Fortunately, the options have progressed significantly over that time. I'm going to go over four of them right now that will really help out with this process. Number one is Mint. Mint has been our go-to budgeting app for almost five years. It, it syncs up all your accounts into one convenient place, has a handy app that you can use to check in on your progress throughout the month, and it is free. Awesome price, right? Free. I actually have a free 10-step guide to signing up for Mint that you can access at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash Mint. just kind of walks you through it. So check that one out. The second one, number two, YNAB. You need a budget, Y-N-A-B. This is an E, at least for me, this is an advanced budgeter's dream. It, It aggregates all of your information to one convenient spot like Mint, but additionally, it helps you adjust easily when you go over budget in certain categories. So let's say... We spent more on eating out in a month and it'll show you in the red bar that, Hey, you've exceeded it by whatever, 50 bucks. You can subtract from another category and then just sort of even it out. So it's real time and it really helps you to stay on tasks. That was my favorite feature when I tried it out. It's around five bucks a month, which is half your Netflix subscription. So don't worry about the the dollars here. Don't, this is not a place to penny pinch (laughs) and it'll help you save a lot of money. So they have a free trial and I'll place that in the show notes and you can give that one a try mark. Uh, I had trouble originally syncing my wife's credit card information when we did our free trial. So I didn't cross over from mint to YNAB, but I did enjoy it. So it might work out for you again. This is all personal, whatever works for you, go for it. Number three is Tiller. If you prefer having your own spreadsheet over online systems like Mint and YNAB, this one is for you. Totally check it out. Uh, With Tiller, you have the ability to modify your data, how you see fit, and it also syncs your accounts so you can easily see how your spending worked out that month. So if if you like to get in there and mess around with the spreadsheets and modify things, this one's for you. I've been playing around with it this month, and I really like the flexibility. Uh, like YNAB, it's also five bucks a month, but there's a free trial you can access at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tiller. And I'll, again, I'll put that one in the show notes. And the last one, number four is Honeyfy. This one is designed 
for couples specifically. I had a chance to meet up with these guys on the show, interviewed them in session 49, I believe. And I also had dinner with them at FinCon. So, I, man, these, these guys are great. I really love their mission and what they're doing. They're all married guys dealing with <laughs> dealing with the same issues we're dealing with, Mark. Um, but uh, with, with this app, both couples get synced up uh, to the app individually on their smartphones. And if Mark, if, if you're like my wife and I that live in our cell phones with our noses in our cell phones, uh, Honeyfy is, is great for that. And it's got a tracking and chat feature that allows you to easily check in on certain expenses and plans. One of the founders, um, uh, Rami t- told me that he had a, a fun time with this chat feature. You can obviously look how your wife's spending and, and how you're spending and uh, you can harass each other. So he told me that his wife uses this uh, feature as a good way to harass him about how much fast food he eats. So <laughs> she sees when he goes certain places and then she can send him a message and, and give him some crap. So if you like uh, giving your spouse crap, this, this app's for you. <laughs> so, uh, but like, uh, like Mint, HoneyFi is free as well. So if you wanted to give that one a go, uh, that's an option for you as well. So those are four apps or you know personal budgeting software, uh, uh, fintech tools that I've personally spent some time on. There are a ton of other ones, uh, but these are the ones I have experience with. So Mint, Wineab, Tiller, and Honeyfy. I'll put all those in the show notes for you guys as well, Mark. And um, you just have to choose which one makes the most sense for you in your situation. Uh, Mint's worked well for us for a really long time, but... I really like how companies like Tiller and HoneyFi are niching down even further to speak to individual groups of people. Tiller with the, the folks that like to be in the spreadsheet and modify things. HoneyFi for specifically for couples. Um, if I had a ton more hours in the day, I would be, I'd be on all of these things just because I'm a dork like that. But find the one that's right for you. Hopefully this description helps, Mark. And overall, those are my, my three pieces of advice. Number one, speak to your wife first about the benefits of financial independence, not the process. And number two, lead by example. Number three, pick a budgeting method that makes the process easy. I hope those conversations go well, Mark. At the end of the day, though, buddy, there's always my go-to advice in this situation. Happy wife, happy life. Now it's time to announce the Money Master of the Week. I had a chance to catch up with a new friend of mine that I met at FinCon in Dallas who writes under the name Mrs. Adventure Rich. Recently, she and her young family made a big move from California to Michigan to be closer to family. In that process, Mrs. Adventure Rich was able to stay working at her same employer by negotiating a remote working arrangement. Now, this is a... Not everybody could get this done. Not everybody can get the honor of a remote working arrangement. This takes some skill, confidence, and major trust from your employer. Let's let Mrs. Adventure Rich tell you how it all went down. We were actually looking at two locations close to either of our families. So uh, my husband's from the East Coast. I'm from here in Michigan. And so we were living in Southern California. Um, We enjoyed it out there. We had a great community and good jobs out there. But especially when our son came, a couple things came up. One is we didn't have family around, you know, we didn't have grandparents nearby, not only for the support, but even just for our son to, you know, grow up with the influence of grandparents and family around. That was really big in our lives. And we wanted to give that to our son. And then second of all, we looked around in California and started to realize, 
yeah, we've got this one bedroom. It was actually housing as part of my husband's job at the time, mm-hmm. which was great for the two and then the three of us. But it was great for the three of us when my son was living in a pack and play in the living room. Right. And we were quickly growing out of that. And we knew, you know, we could probably stretch it for a few years, but eventually we'd either have to look at, you know, some apartments, some kind of housing, or even trying to buy a house in California. And seeing that, we knew that we obviously we could do it. But in order to do it, we would be strapping ourselves to jobs and income levels that we weren't comfortable with. So we started to try to figure out our escape route. And um, as part of that, my husband applied and actually got a job offer up in northern Michigan. And so then the question was, what do we do about my job? Um, and so that's kind of what spurred our um, or the impetus for me to go and start negotiating a work remote a- arrangement. So how did that uh, initial communication process go with your employer when you said, hey, I'd, I'd really like to try to do this? Yeah, so it was multi-phase and um, it was it was a bit tough at first. So the first thing I did is I really tried to be open and honest the, the whole way. So it, I, I actually approached them the day my husband submitted his application. So we had no idea if they would even call him back, wow. if he'd get a job offer. But I wanted to be upfront and just what I did is actually it was just with my immediate manager. I sat down with him and I was like, listen, this is on the table and I want you to know as soon as possible because I'd like to see if there's an opportunity if this goes through for me to work remote. But I know that a lot of things will have to take place and you'll probably have to think about it and take some time. So I want to give you as much head no- heads up and as much notice as possible. So we started with that. Then once he had the job offer, then we kind of took further steps. So um, he was actually very supportive. I had to kind of go to the next level leadership. So a staff VP in our area. Um, that was a definitely a harder conversation. I had to come in very prepared. I brought, you know, arguments for why this was a good thing for both the company, for me, um, what I would do to help mitigate any concerns. And the answer was, maybe we'll think about it. <laughs> okay. So, and I mean, I think they also had to go through some approvals and thinking like, well, this isn't something we do very often. Hmm. So, or at least in the organization, in my company, I work for a very large company, mm-hmm. but in the specific organization, there weren't a lot of work remote employees. So while in the larger company, there were whole divisions that worked remote, not in my specific area. So it was definitely something that they wanted, you know, time to think about and consider, do we really want to make an allowance or maybe set a precedent. Hmm. So um, it was definitely probably a week of, you know, kind of my husband and I sitting on pins and needles, a little worried about, well, you know, running numbers really both ways. Like if they come back and say no, does that mean can we still take that job in Michigan and go back with one income? Or do we say no to that job and stay here? It was a lot of going back and forth. But in the end, very fortunate that they came back and granted me the um, work remote arrangement. Wow. How, how long is the waiting process? A, a week or two? or? Yeah, I think between the time that we actually had that next level conversation with like the further leadership and with the final, you know, yes, I think it was about a week. Wow. So, so, so enough for me to be sitting there sweating. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that's, uh, that's, that's, that's a big decision for you guys, especially moving across the country and yes. your husband taking a new job and then, you know, you, you working in this completely different scenario. So how has it been so far since you have moved back to Michigan and have been working in this remote working situation? Has, has that uh, worked out well for you so far? 
Yeah, it really has. Um, the flexibility is amazing. In Southern California, I had a, um, gosh, it was over an hour commute, you know, one way in stop and go traffic. Um, I'm someone, it just stressed me out to no end. I would try to, you know, listen to podcasts and audiobooks to at least make the commute a little bit better. But I really didn't like that. So the fact that now I can get up, I can help, you know, my husband and son get ready to go, um, depending on if my husband can drop him off on the way, drop him off at daycare on the way to um, work or not. You know, sometimes I'm taking him there and then I'm just able to sit down and be ready to go. But I've definitely learned a lot as well is, you know, within my in our home, I have to have my, you know, work only place. So I have a dedicated space for you know, what I consider my office. I go to my office when I start work. I leave it when I'm done with work. You know, I might take a break for lunch. I have to be pretty disciplined. So there's been a lot of learning throughout the year as far as, you know, being disciplined with where I am, how I set it up to make sure it still works for me and feels and acts like an office. And then on the flip side, make sure I walk away at night, make sure I'm not, you know, checking work emails, um, while I'm making dinner or things like that. So again, that separation kind of goes both ways, both when I'm in my work day, I need to be separated from home. And then when I'm in my home part of my day, I need to be separated from my work. So it's been a learning process to do that. Um, it's been a learning process to realize sometimes I just need to get out of the house and go see people because I am sitting at home alone all day. Yeah. And <laughs> like, as you can imagine, middle of Michigan winters when it's not as easy to just like get out of the house in the evenings. Um, I had to go and find groups that I had like weekly meetups with people because otherwise I went insane. <laughs> you need some human interaction, right? <laughs> yes. Yep. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's great. What a huge win for you and your family. That's awesome. So you get to um, s- spend less time in traffic, more time yes. with your family, and uh, you are uh, still working in a field and working for a company that you're very excited about. So congratulations on yes. that huge win. Um, yeah, if if somebody you. is looking to maybe have that talk with their management about working mm-hmm. remotely, do you have any quick advice for them on, uh, on having that discussion? Absolutely. So the first thing I'd say is um, it really helped to know that my employer or my employment in general, so my the company I worked for does support this type of arrangement. So they do have, you know, policies and procedures all set up. They have um, support and like IT support. They have everything in place that makes it possible. So then at least that checked one box to know at least they're supportive of, the, of this in concept. Now it kind of depended on my specific team to see if they'd be supportive of it. The second thing I'd say is really looking into um, sitting down and I'd even say just write out what are the pros that you can see not only for yourself but for your company. And the pros can be, you know, I gave them pros that were very, I mean, in some ways maybe they would they could be seem, seeming, seemingly selfish, you know, but I was telling them if I don't have a commute, if I have more time with my family, if I have um, the opportunity to, you know, just maybe get, jump on a little bit earlier, but that doesn't mean I need to be leaving at 6 a.m., mm-hmm. that's going to make me a better worker for you. So there are things that were positives for me, but I really wanted to make sure that they saw the benefit. Um, and then another thing is if this is a company that has never done something like that before, maybe do a little bit of a baby step. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So see, would they be open to you working from home one day a week as a trial period? Um, and then maybe even if they're not okay, even if they're not comfortable with 
like full time if you're still in the area? Can you work two or three days a week from home and only go into the office two or three days? Um, that was actually something in California. I had the flexibility to work one day a week from home about. Um, sometimes there'd be weeks I went in every day. Sometimes there'd be weeks that I'd have two days at home. Really just depended on schedules. But that was really good because A, I knew that I'd be okay with working remote. So I knew I'd, I, I had some ideas while it hadn't been for full time. I had ideas about what some of the things I needed. I knew I'd need the dedicated space. I knew I'd need, you know, certain things to help me stay disciplined. Um, and they also knew I was able to work productively at home. So I think that's another thing is, you know, if you're still in the area of that employer or you're not looking to move or maybe you're looking, you know, you're in a city and you want to move an hour outside the city. Can you only come into the office two days a week and see if they'd be, you know, okay with kind of a halfway situation? (laughs) Well, it sounds like you earned their trust, too. So, I mean, it, 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 it goes with working hard, demonstrating your value and then going in there with that that case, like you said, about, uh, hey, how can we baby step this a little bit, make them feel comfortable, and also let them know how it benefits the company and not just you. So congratulations yeah. on going in there and, and, and getting what you want out of life and then, and, and also you know setting yourself up to uh, spend more time with your family, get yourself out of rush hour traffic yeah. in L.A. Oh, <laughs> oh man. my goodness. My, <laughs> I swear my blood pressure goes down like every day I don't have to commute. <laughs> oh, I love it, man. That's great. Well, you're getting more out of life. Congratulations and congratulations on this big win for you and your family. So where could people follow you and learn more about your story? Absolutely. So I blog over at Adventure Rich. Um, so it's www.adventurerich.com. And then I'm on um, Twitter and Instagram. And it's um, Adventure Richly. So it's all, Adventure Rich, all one word, but then an L-Y at the end. Um, and Facebook as well. So more most active probably on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'll post up, you know, pictures of the beautiful northern Michigan area and the adventures we're trying to do outdoors. And then, you know, kind of charting along with our adventures, our you know, personal finance philosophy and our path to, you know, kind of having a fulfilling life along the journey at, towards financial independence. Excellent. Well, I can attest to her uh, awesome Twitterness because uh, we've been connected for quite a while. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I will, uh, <laughs> I'll put all those links in the show notes and thank you so much for joining us and congratulations, Mrs. Adventure Rich. Thank you so much. Have a great one, Andy. Way to go, Mrs. Adventure Rich. You have a fulfilling career. You're able to spend more time with your family and you get to live in the great state of Michigan. (laughs) As a Michigander myself, I'm a bit biased, but it's incredible here. Seriously, you guys should all move. (laughs) Tying this all into the theme of today's show, can you imagine the partnership that her and her husband must have had in order to make this happen? Do you think they got together and talked about their finances? Oh, yeah. I get... I guarantee the two of them talked about their dreams, assessed their financial situation, and then made it happen. How inspiring and a perfect fit for today's episode. You can learn more about Mrs. Adventure Rich and her family's path to living a rich and beautiful life full of adventure at AdventureRich.com. Congratulations for being our Money Master of the Week. If you missed some of the resources and links mentioned in today's show, I've got you covered. Go to marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session 59 to access them in the show notes. If you have a recent financial win that you want to share like Mrs. Adventure Rich and possibly become our Money Master of the Week, 
please contact me at Andy at marriagekidsandmoney.com with the details. You can also hit me up on Twitter at Andy Hill MKM or Facebook, Andy Hill MKM. Pretty much any social media format, Andy Hill MKM. (laughs) Your story will inspire others to save more, make more, and build their family's wealth. So touch base with me, everybody. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote today from Helen Keller. Alone, we can do so little. Together, we can do so much. Let's partner with our spouses to create the lives we've always wanted. Carpe diem. 